We have all heard the term, love thy neighbor, but what does it actually look like, especially in the world that we live in today, where it can almost seem a little bit strange to reach out to a neighbor that you haven't previously connected with? I want to rewrite that narrative. I know for sure that whether it was my neighbor that physically lived next door or someone in community, neighbors have changed my life. I've also lived in communities where neighbors have become my absolute greatest and deepest friendships. So a few weeks ago, I was scrolling social media and I couldn't help but see everywhere that Walker Hayes had written a book with his very close friend, uh, Craig Allen Cooper. The name of this book is glad you're here. Two unlikely friends breaking bread and breaking fences. This story um, was one that really just captured my heart and I started to listen to it as they were interviewed on other podcast episodes talking about their absolutely um, culture-shifting conversation and experience in this neighborly friendship. Now, Walker Hayes was unable to join us for this conversation, but I do have his dear, dear friend and man of profound wisdom and generosity and experience on the show today, Craig Allen Cooper. Now, I have a little bit of a funny story. So I was conducting this interview and right before I had a piece of rhubarb pie. <laughs> now, it was delicious. I'll let you know that. Now, when I'm doing these calls, I usually do them video so I could see the guests. We could see each other as we're talking. And I noticed my lips. I was like, wow, my lips look really full today. <laughs> and then I honed in on them and I was like, oh my word, they're getting bigger and bigger. And before you knew it, I had like a full on allergic reaction in this call. And I did you guys <laughs> a favor by editing it out, but it was really funny. We had to take a few breaks in this conversation, so it may be a little bit shorter than some that I have previously had on the show, but Craig was a gem in <laughs> walking through that with me as I ran and got the Benadryl and survived till the end of the episode. So you guys can make me just about anything, but it appears that I am severely allergic to rhubarb. Anyways, moving on to get to know more about our friend Craig. Craig is a gifted storyteller and Bible teacher and neighbor to Walker Hayes for over 20 years. He has spoken at numerous churches, men's retreats, college campuses, and various gatherings. He's traveled across North America, South America, Europe, Africa, and Asia with a desire to see and serve the world. An encourager at heart, Craig's passion is to help people perceive the gifts of God in their life and deploy them for Jesus's glory. Having served as one of the founding pastors of Redeeming Grace Church in Franklin, Tennessee, Craig now resides in the greater Nashville area with his amazing wife, Laura, and their four kids as, as next door neighbors to the Hayes family. You could follow Craig on Instagram at Craig Allen Cooper and learn more about him from speaking engagements to where to buy the book and more at his website, craigallencooper.com. One thing I want to encourage you guys to do, um, I of course want you to go ahead and read the book, but is to also listen to Walker Hayes' song called Craig. He wrote it after the man I'm interviewing today, and it just uh, grabbed my heartstrings in, or tugged on my heartstrings in a really, really sweet way, and I think it would do the same to you. So go ahead, listen to that song, and then pick back up on this episode. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, 
meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. There are very few things more refreshing than a crisp ginger ale, but it can't just be any ginger ale, it has to be Reed's. Reed's is packed with real fresh ginger known around the world for its health benefits and incredible nutrient-rich properties. They source their ginger sustainably from the Peruvian Amazon with a bold strain found nowhere else. While they've outgrown their kitchen, they still embrace the small batch process bringing you ginger beer, ginger ale, and craft non-alcoholic options. Made with real fresh ginger, no GMOs, or any artificial ingredients, they even have a zero-sugar option that is keto-friendly. Make sure as you are preparing for your own summer gatherings to pick up your own pack of reeds on their website or at your local store using code GATHERGINGER. One word for 15% off. So... (laughs) Um, so my listeners know that I like to start from the beginning of everyone's story, just to give a full and accurate view of just like who you are and what you bring to the table. So I can't help but ask as you were growing up, um, what was your relationship like with neighbors? What did your childhood teach you about interacting with neighbors? I had some incredible neighbors across the street. Uh, one of my best friends, Trey Newby and his family, they just kind of welcomed us in to their whole world. And so, you know, they would take us to concerts. Uh, they took us to church different times. They just let us kind of, you know, be a part of the family. And I'm saying us because I'm an, I'm an identical twin. And wow. so, yeah, my twin brother, he lives about 10 minutes from me. Now I'm actually going to go have a cup of coffee with him this afternoon, uh, which is cool. But yeah, so my brother and I um, just were over at our neighbor's house a lot, and they were over at our house a lot. And so, um, you know, we we experienced we had the, we had great neighbors, just great, wow. great, great neighbors. Um, and I'm thankful to this day. In fact, I wrote a note to Ray and Sarah uh, Newby about a week ago. It just telling them how thankful, you know, I, what I am to this day for the way they related to me and my twin brother and they were believers and actually just, um, they were normal people. So, you know, we, we would watch them do regular life and, um, that included all of it, you know? And, and so, um, I'm very thankful growing up, um, just to have, you know, a best friend in the neighborhood that I lived in, um, it was in Chattanooga a place called hurricane Creek and they were right across the street. So, wow. Loved it. I, I will tell you one funny story. Tell I me. remember yeah. one time Trey calling and saying, um, Hey, you want to come over? And I looked out our back and it was pouring and I'm like, Hey, it's, it's raining. It's pouring. And he says, no, it's sun, the sunshine. It's, it's great. Come over. And it was one of those weird days where like split down the street, you know, the sun is shining on the front yard and like pouring in, in dark in the backyard. So um, it was, I just have a distinct memory of that. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I thought I thought you were going to say and he pulled one over on you and like totally tricked you. And <laughs> he did do that. We So, so yeah, he did that with um, mowing the grass because it was his chore to mow the grass. And Stuart and I, my twin brother and I, we, we just thought it was so cool to see him out there mowing. And 
so Trey tricked us. He's like, yeah, it's amazing. It's incredible. I love it. And um, so he just, he basically, you know, ruse us into where we took turns mowing his grass while he was on the front porch oh, drinking lemonade because uh, we thought it was cool to do. And it was to him, it was a chore. But anyway, we all we had in a good great, neighborly fun, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I had great neighbors. I really did. Yeah, that's such a gift that not many people get to experience having great neighbors, you know, especially in the culture that we're in today. I feel like there's just a particular view of neighbors and interacting with them. So I'm really excited to continue this conversation to learn more. So, so at some point, um, it's just the most beautiful story to me. You were introduced to Walker Hayes and his family. Um, talk to me first on how that introduction was made. Mm. When did well, your parents our, cross? Yeah, our wives actually met first. Um, so my wife, Lara, and Walker's wife, Lainey, met at a neighborhood gathering. And it was just one of those things. I, I honestly... I'm pretty sure it was an essential oils like yeah. gathering or <laughs> like, yeah, doTERRA or something like that, where some yeah. neighbors, you know, in Franklin said, Hey, you guys should come over. And they, they, uh, they got to know each other and they met there. Then Lara recognized Laney at a basketball, um, a basketball game on a Saturday morning where my son, Joshua was playing and a couple of their kids were playing. And so they saw each other they, and they struck up the conversation. Um, Walker would have been holding his youngest at the time. And we would have had a very, very brief interaction. Um, but Lara and Laney, you know, kind of hit it off. And Lara actually invited Laney uh, and their family to come to church that night. So we were actually meeting on Saturday nights because it was a church plant. We had moved from East Tennessee to Middle Tennessee to help start a church called Redeeming Grace. And, you know, you take whatever building you can get. This area, it's really, really expensive, um, you know, to to find a spot. And so we had borrowed a, a place. And I think we were paying like $700 a month um, for wow. the use of the facility on Saturday nights because their church didn't, you know, meet on Saturday nights. They met on Sunday mornings. So we would always have to kind of just make sure we had everything ready and, ah. and everything. But, you know, they said, Laney said, yeah, I'd love to come. And a lot of times people will do that and you don't know, are they going to show up? Or are they not? Um, well, they, they showed up and it is a lot of hurdles to to do that. And Walker would say he came kicking and screaming. He didn't want to go. He wasn't real happy with Lara that she had invited Lainey and the family to go, but he, you know, he loves his family and wanted to support his wife. He did not believe in Jesus was not a, was not a believer. Um, in, in fact, he was a professing atheist at the time, but he came, uh, and they all came. And so when I saw him, that night and they walked in the door, you know, I just lit up like a Christmas tree. I was like, oh, you made it. You came and you greeted Walker uh, and the family. He says the first words out of my mouth were glad you're here and that he really felt that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we just became fast friends. Uh, I remember it was like uh, after the meeting, saying, Hey, um, have you guys had dinner? Did you eat before Are you eating after they, they eat late and said, uh, you know, we're, we're going to eat now. And so we ended up going to a Mexican restaurant together and we just got to know each other. And then we had invited them over to our house and then they invited us over to their house. And before we knew it, 
we're doing, you know, our kids sporting events together and we were just doing life together. And so honestly, I think it was, it was a divine kind of appointment and that, you know, God really orchestrated it. Um, And I think he was smiling on both of our families when, when they uh, came into our lives. And so we just started doing life together in every, every possible way. You know what I love about that story? We talk a lot about um, how to make friends in adulthood, like in the adult years, because I think a lot of us kind of come to terms with um, friendship won't be the same or it can't be the same. But I actually encourage my followers and listeners to pay attention to friend chemistry. Like when you're Mm -hmm. meeting people in community and you feel like there's some kind of chemistry there, which it sounds like the two wives did to pay attention to that and be intentional, right? Like, because chances are, if you're interested in friendship with the person, they are too. And it just takes someone to go first. So. Well, I love that too, Katie, because yeah. you, you know it, it's a real gift when you have uh, husbands who really enjoy one another, and then you have the wives who really enjoy one another. In our case, our kids like they all just got along, and you wow. know everybody wanted more time together, and so it just became where you know you didn't want to leave, um, and when you did leave, you were planning the next the next time to like, hey, you got. We started running. Um, you know, the scoreboard together at my son's baseball games. And I loved that, you know, sitting with Walker and just talking about life while Lauren wow. Laney were talking and the kids were playing together. And then, you know, just watching, watching my boy um, at bat. And so, and then we would go and hang when he would, when he would play uh, at Puckett's Boathouse, a little singer, singer songwriter night, 15, 20 people were there. And, um, we just started, you know, going to each other's respective events and everything. And, uh, it was so special just that season. I look back on and say, oh man, yeah, so, so special. I hope that everyone gets the chance to enter, like, um, to experience that, you know, because that's such a special gift in life and meet with neighbors and friendship. So, um, we are neighbors now. And we have ripped the fence out between our two backyards. Uh, just incredible to create a path kind of in between the two backyards for our our kids and everybody to go between the porches and stuff. We did that during COVID. Um, they moved in here like right as COVID hit uh, to be next door neighbors. But at the at that particular time when we first met, they were probably, you know, uh, about 10 to 15 minutes away from us, something like that. You know, Walker, I mean, looking back, he's very vulnerable, very transparent about, you know, his struggle with alcohol and all of that. It, and you can read about it in the book. He talks about it a lot. Um, he was a high functioning alcoholic. I didn't even realize, you know, that he, that he was, but what, you know, he would say he was, he'd be, um, drinking in the morning, you know, at wow. rights and then, and they would go and, 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 you know, have drinks and then come home and have drinks. And and so we, it's funny, he started a men's kind of gathering, um, place called McCreary's in downtown Franklin. And, uh, I, I mean, I absolutely loved going to that and hanging with him. And there were people from all different walks of life and artists and, and singers and songwriters. And, you know, it just was a, was a blast. Um, but with that on his side, 
do you think that there was an, a reluctance? I know there was a reluctance to the faith side, but how about like the reaching out in general? Was that something that was maybe hard for him to receive? Uh, you know, I love, he shares that he never felt like he was a project and I'm so grateful for that because wow, I don't, yeah. I never even really viewed it as much as like reaching out to him as, as more, it was just, you know, God had given us a friend yeah, and, and, um, I loved spending time with them and we just loved their family so much, uh, and wanted to be with them. And so it wasn't, I don't know. It just, it never really felt like we were reaching out as much as we were receiving friends, you know, and, wow. and it just felt like a blessing you yeah. know, from, from God. And so we, um, uh, opened the home up a lot and invited them over and they did the same for us. So we were just constantly in each other's homes and yeah. there's, you know, a lot of kids in between. I mean, we, we now have, you know, 10 kids in between the two families. And so, um, it's very active when we're all together and we're all really comfortable with that. Um, and we usually sit and have a cup of coffee, uh, or have dinner together and the kids are, they do they're hanging as well. And, um, it's just very comfortable, very relaxed, um, very real. And I feel yeah. like I, I felt like I could share anything with him. And I did, I mean, I, I opened up yeah. with Walker about my past, my, my, um, background and stuff that I wouldn't, so there's stuff that I wouldn't share, you know, but I felt really comfortable sharing with him. And, you know, I think he was experiencing that vice versa. And, um, wow. So yeah, it was more receiving friends and then, then, then it felt like reaching out if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. The way that you're even just talking about this, um, just like how natural it happened. I think sometimes we overthink the process, right. And just letting it happen. But really what I loved is just how you kind of embraced the whole person. Enjoy the process. I mean, um, it's, it really is a give and take, you know, relationships, uh, on this side of eternity, it yeah. is, you know, we're just, um, it's not like other people need us, you know, I think <laughs> we need each other. Mm -hmm. And you, I, I mean, I remember sitting with Walker and Lainey during COVID and, you know, I had started a staffing firm. I was really struggling, um, with uh, all my clients had put everything on hold and I was really anxious, didn't know what was going on, couldn't discern left from right. And, and, you know, a few weeks of that was, was fine because you, you just were you okay with a little bit of a break, but as it went on, I got, it started feeling, um, you know, darker and darker. Mm -hmm. And I, I was struggling with, with, uh, significant anxiety and, and depression, depression even. And I remember, yeah saying to Walker and Lainey, I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm, I feel so low right now. And I was feeling bad, you know, um, I didn't want to be the, you know, quote unquote Debbie Downer or whatever. And right. he just looked at me and he put his fork down. I'd never forget it. He, he looked me eye to eye and said, it's okay, bro. We love you low, hmm. you know? And I, uh, I was so thankful for that because I think that's God's heart for us. Yeah. You know, um, he meets us right where we are. And so, yeah, I think just sharing where you are and being willing to hear what 
other people are going through. And, you know, life is full of um, highs and lows, ups and downs, celebrations and, and moments of grief. And it's such yeah. a gift when you have friends that you can walk with in, in and all of that and yeah. just enjoy the celebrations and um, together and then, and also mourn and grieve um, the, the losses and the struggles and the challenges um, together. But yeah, I think it's just a, it's just a give, give and take. It's like, yeah. we need each other, you know, um, and being vulnerable is, is, is helpful. I think. Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, it's the permission to let yourself go there. Right. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's not too messy. It's needed for depth and relationship. It's needed for the endurance of those hard things and the celebration. You need to have those, those roots, all of them. <laughs> so yes. yep. yeah, we say that relationships need a balance of um, authenticity and recreation. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I if like you have that. one without the other, it gets a little bit off balance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. And I'm hearing that in your stories too, just naturally, just by the way it naturally unfolded. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't think we were looking at any formula or anything. It was more of a, it was just very um, ordinary. And I think we saw the extraordinary work of God in the midst of all the ordinary stuff of everyday mundane daily life. Um, But yeah, I, I, I like that authenticity hmm. and uh recreation got to be able to rest you know with people yeah. and feel, and feel rest make them you know everybody feel rested together you uh you, you tend to just open up yeah absolutely mm-hmm. now one of um my favorite parts of the story and this is the part that i cry in the song too that he wrote about your <laughs> your story every time mm-hmm. is um so and if any of these details are off please correct me but So the Walker's family, their car broke, right? And so you stepped in and surprised them with a new vehicle for them to drive, right? That's how that happened. Now, this is such a radical form of not just generosity, but love. That's how I see it too. And I think it's important to have both of those words kind of attached to this. Um, And I think it hits me so deep um, because my family growing up was the re- on the receiving end of this kind of generosity just oh, through wow. childhood struggle, you know, in my own nuclear family. Um, so talk to me about what it was in you that knew to love them this way. Oh, I think we were just close enough to know what was going on in their lives. And so, you know, Walker had lost a record deal. And when he lost that record deal, he lost the vehicle that wow. w- was he was sponsored with. Uh, he kept it, he kept it as long as he could until you know he always knew the dealership's going to call at some point and um, kind of want to get their van back um, because they were sponsoring because he was with this record label and he lost wow. the deal. And, you know, I remember during that time, you know, he was working on songs for other dealerships to try to go get another sponsorship, almost like, you know, jingles and, and, uh, promotional songs. And it, he had some killer songs. I mean, I can still remember, you know, Walker Chevrolet, you know, I mean, it's just amazing. Um, but he, you know, did, no deal came together. And so whenever we would travel, Laura and I would go to visit 
her mom and, and family up in uh, Maryland, you know, and when we traveled, we would let them borrow our van. Uh-huh. And so we knew, we knew when theirs was impounded, when it was taken away, their kids thought it was hilarious, but we knew that that really hurt, you know, that was hard and that they were sharing, you know, one car between all of, uh, the, the whole family. And, and, uh, so we let them borrow our van whenever we traveled. And then I remember coming back from a trip at one point, just saying, Dave, I think we need to give them our van. And Lara agreed. And so we started praying that the Lord would provide a replacement for us. And I was in a, you know, commission type of role, uh, in sales and I closed a deal and had a couple thousand dollars where I could just go and, you know, secure for us a replacement. So we went and got a Chrysler Pacifica that was for sale, you know, by an owner in downtown Franklin. And then we cleaned our van up and took it to them, um, at a baseball field, uh, when his son wow. was playing one night and just showed up with the, you know, the, the title. Cause I, I didn't think, I didn't know how he was going to respond but I wanted him to know, Hey, we've already talked about this. Like we're, I'm not asking I'm giving, you know, here it is. And, and, uh, it's a, you know, here's the, here's the key. Here's the title. I've already signed it. You know, all you have to do is sign it right here. It's zero dollars. And, and, um, we, when that happened was a moment where I wasn't thinking about divine purposes or anything like that. I mean, I really wasn't. I, at that moment, we were just like, we love them and they need a van and we, and we have the ability to meet that need. So let's just do that, you know? And, um, but looking back on it, I recognize and see in, in Walker and I've talked about this and we talk about it in the book, just, you know, um, the gener- generosity of God and his heart for us. And, you know, you, you mentioned generosity and love and the two going together. I mean, the most famous verse in the Bible is God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And that's John three sixteen. Well, you know, God loves and he gives <laughs> and, and he gives something, you know, that we can't earn. Um, I told Walker, Hey man, all you gotta do is sign and it's yours. And that's the way a relationship with God works too, is you can't earn his favor. You know, we, we, we receive what he's done for us through his son, Jesus. And, and when we receive it, the gift of salvation, eternal life can be ours. And so yeah. Um, but I wasn't thinking about any of that when we gave him the van. Looking back, I'm like, dang, that's a pretty cool expression of the gospel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, on a little bit more of like a practical side, p- uh, pulling from that, you know, I um, we've talked to a few people about seasons of like miscarriage or grief and how mm. so many people say, let me know how I can help or, you know, let me know, let me know. And it's super hard to reach out and even sometimes articulate what it is that you need. And so I actually love that the way that you modeled that, um, to kind of just put yourself in a posture of just like giving without any strings attached or asking, just like anticipating a need and being there. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were talking about, about just, you know, having so much time together um, is if you have that, then you're, you'll be aware, you know, of, uh, of those moments. And so like, you know, the, the hardest thing I think we all walked through together was when Walker and Laney lost their seventh child, Oakley. And, you know, we were her her fourth birthday would have been um june 6th so this is very recent in terms of that but you know i remember when lara called me i was driving on 65 and i was heading north or i'm sorry south from nashville and from a meeting and i was anticipating a joyful call like, Hey, you know, Oakley, um, Oakley's been born and, you know, here's the details and, you know, her weight and, you know, everything about her. And instead Laura was bawling on the phone and, you know, she's like, Craig, sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, she's like, um, Walker needs you at the hospital. Oakley didn't make it. Um, and you know, so I just drove straight there. And then and I just there's no words for a moment like that. I just walk in, grab my friend, and hug him, and weep. Yeah. And um so we walked through that. Um together and you know i officiated the funeral wow for, wow for little oakley and then watched as walker and his sons you know uh, with shovels put the dirt in over the grave <laughs> um and and laney you know she, she could have lost her life at that moment wow um but she didn't. And, and there's a moment we, you know, there's a picture in the back of the book. It's really hard for any of us to look at, but it's also very beautiful. And it was a moment when, you know, Laura and I held Oakley in our arms, you know, her lifeless body. And she was gorgeous. Just so gorgeous. Wow. And, um, but no, no life in her. And, um, and I didn't, you know, there was a grief photographer who would have known, but there was a grief photographer who was sitting there and caught this picture. And when we look at it, it says so much about our friendship, you know, and our relationship and what God had done, because, you know, we, we just grieved together and wept together. Um, and it's the Lord's been kind to us, I think, to give us the haze when I've needed them the most. And then in moments like that, you know, and just to process that together. And, um, but yeah, it's that is you you just 
I, I, relationships are built on three things. Yeah. Time, 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 <laughs> you know, and, and that time you can't live long enough and not suffer, you know, yeah. that that's going to be moments of celebration and joy. And it's also going to be moments of just uh, weeping together. And, and so we've had, we've had our great share of, of, uh, of all of that. To someone that's maybe um, a little bit reluctant to, so I, I just think that God has given us such a um, opportunity and a gift in physical neighbors, right? Having people literally that surround us like in super close proximity. Um, I know your situation was a little bit different with Walker, but um, to someone that might be a little bit nervous to reach out to neighbors, what would you say to them? Or what, what are some um, things that tools they can keep in their pocket as they reach out, I guess? Yeah. Um, we have hanging, my daughter actually gave me this, but it's above our little coffee station out here in the hallway. But um, we, we have a, a, a little sign that's hanging that says to all who are weary and need rest to all who mourn and long for comfort to all who failed and need strength and to all who sin and need a savior. This home opens wide her doors with a wow. welcome from Jesus, the friend of sinners. And I, um, I love that it came from a call to worship that I heard over and over again at Emmanuel Nashville, um, a pastor named Ray Ortland Jr. would share that. And he would talk about Matthew 11, where Jesus said, you know, uh, come to me, all you who are weary um, and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Mm -hmm. And I love the, the thought of, you know, a respite for people. Like if your table and your couch and you know you're the foyer of your home and all that it's just a place of rest for people where they can yeah. just you know take a deep breath and they don't, they yeah. don't have, feel like they've got to you know perform or do anything like that they can just take a deep breath um then i think that is just a wonderful gift to the world and so i would encourage people you know open your home up, you know, put on some, um, some peaceful music or something like that and, and, and serve a meal or, or put a pizza in the oven. You know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It really doesn't. Most of the time we're on paper plates. Like, I mean, honestly, we, we, we got paper plates and then we just throw them in the trash can afterwards, but with 10 kids, you got no, <laughs> Yeah. 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 For real. But Everyone that, is saying yes. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it takes, I think, initiative, you know, invite people into your, into your life and into your home. Yeah. And, and look, a lot of people may, they may not take you up on the offer. And, yeah. and so go to them, you know, if you know where they're going to be, if they're, um, you know, their kids have sporting events and something like that, and, you know, go and get in their world and, um, and just, Kind of, I love what Rosaria Butterfield wrote. She she says, uh, "If we just open our arms just a little bit wider." Huh. I love that. By the way, she wrote a book called "The Secrets." Gospel comes of the, the house key. 
Yes, she did. The yeah. Gospel Comes with Housekey and The Secrets of an Unlikely Convert. That's the book that Walker read that wow. grabbed a hold of him and the Lord used. He read that book in a day, you know, just flew through it. And then he went and bought a Bible. And, um, and yeah, and he shares all about that and glad you're here. But just open our arms just a little bit wider and watch what only God can do. Yeah. Goodness gracious, man. Great balls of fire. (laughs) Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. I think, um, you know, a lot of what we're doing is to kind of eliminate loneliness. I think there's a loneliness epidemic in our culture and there's a a breakdown and loss of hospitality. And so I'm really trying to debunk these things that are pain points and insecurity and stresses for people um, and make them feel a little bit more attainable. And what I love about your story and you even said it is it wasn't calculated. You know, there wasn't like a formula. It wasn't a project. It just happened. And I think um, so many of us are nervous to let loose or let people in and see all the junk of what's going on. And, but that's actually the beauty and the foundation needed. Um, And so the permission to do that. I love that. Yeah. One of, one of the best pieces of counsel I've ever received actually from Ray Ortland too, was um, love God and do what you want to do. I mean, that just simplifies life. So it's not real calculated and, and, uh, but it's, it's yeah. Love God and then do, do what you want to do. And, and, um, and cause if you're loving him, you're going to end loving other people and it's going to be uh, beautiful in, in different ways. And so, yeah, I think that's great. It's powerful. Yeah. Real quick though. I want an update on, um, life after book a little bit. So you guys came out with the book, glad you're here. Um, and you have had this incredible, just like last few months of just podcast interviews and publicity for the book. We're so excited for you. Um, what is life looking like for you and Walker after the book? What are you guys doing now? Uh, well, he's got a song uh, called mm-hmm. AA that's in the top five right now. And it is actually, you know, on a jet plane, hopefully to number one. <laughs> so um, he is in the midst of a lot of that at this present moment. And uh, we're cheering cheering him on uh, for that. He's gearing up for a, a tour in the fall. They're calling it Glad You're Here. It's the glad you're here tour, which is amazing. Unbelievable. After the, after the book. Yeah. Um, we, you know, share it. We've got other interviews and everything like that, that are taking place, um, scattered throughout the calendar. I will say it's been exhilarating. Um, it's also been a bit exhausting, you know, as well. And so, you know, you talk about loneliness, loneliness and everything. I woke up actually on Monday morning and I was like, ah, I need to. I need to catch up with people. And wow. I was, I just felt this because it's been so busy and I was working a full-time job um, in technology sales while we launched the book. And wow. so it's been, it's been crazy town. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, so what I did was I actually, you know, I reached out to several of my friends, you know, Hey man, thinking about you. Would love to grab a cup of coffee. So you said life after book. I mean, right now I'm I'm leaving this to go yeah. meet uh, a buddy for coffee, and I can't wait. That's going to be amazing. 
Um, and then I've got a few of those that are, that are, uh, connected. And so I'm just really excited about, um, you know, just watching what God does with this book, reconnecting yeah. with everybody, you know, all my buddies and my friends, and then, uh, Walker and I have some really fun stuff on the calendar Amazing. and then we just get together. He's on a lot of times he'll, he'll leave on Wednesday night and the bus come back on Sunday morning. Um, he's got his whole family in tow. Wow. We, Laura and I were in uh, Rhode Island for a little getaway, and we realized that we were only an hour from where he was playing. And so we drove over there and uh, jumped in and surprised him on the concert um, this this weekend. And that was a blast. That was that was fun. I got up and and did the fancy like dance on stage with everybody. So. Oh, I saw a clip. That wasn't the one with the kids, though, was it? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. His kids come on and do that at the uh, end, kind of, you know, almost like an encore or whatnot. At the That's end awesome. Then <laughs> I just jumped in with all of them. Uh, Lady said, I think, I think you'd love that if you did that. And so he had no idea. I had no idea until like three minutes before that I was going to do that. So it was, it was so much fun and he lit up. Yeah, it was a oh, blast. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. As um, man, I'm gonna tear up again. As you mentioned the tour, just being called, glad you're here. Um, yeah. I teared up then. I just am so expectant that God's going to have that tour be a tour of belonging for people. I just feel that in my spirit, as you said it, and I'm just going to continue to be praying for that. And Craig, I just think about um, the legacy that you've created through an invitation Mm. and your family, you and your wife, and just the ripple effect that it's having for far and wide and um, rewriting what people know about neighborly love and about friendship and what's possible. So thank mm. you for going first. That is so kind of you to say, uh, yeah. that's so kind of you to say, and it's of been, course. I feel like a spectator, that, <laughs> you know, Walker and I talk about this. So our story is so much bigger than either of the two of us or even the two of us together. It's just something that is just, it, it's all been so, so super natural, like, ordinary, yeah. but also yeah. so supernatural like extraordinary. And, you know, I, I just believe it's, it's it's Jesus loving on people and him at work in the world today. So it's just been a thrill to be along for the ride. It's amazing. Well, we end each conversation with the same three questions and I want to hear your answers to them as well. Um, the, these are fun ones. Um, what is something that you've eaten recently and loved? Ooh, lobster in, <laughs> um, in Newport, Rhode Island. So we had that on our little getaway and I absolutely love lobster and I actually had it several different meals. One time was a grilled cheese lobster because <laughs> oh, that's all wow. they have for lunch. That was crazy. And then another one was just the lobster tail, you know, you dip it in butter and, um, yeah, I, I love me some lobster. Can't beat it on the on the ocean, right? Yeah. Um, something you found to be beautiful lately. There, well, I'll say it again. You know, the sunset um, in Newport, Rhode Island, um, off of near a little place called Castle Hill. We didn't stay there, but we drove in and um, sat kind of in their outdoor patio area and just watched the sunset, and it was absolutely stunning. And I found it to be very, very beautiful. That and my wife, my beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful wife, Lara of 23 years. Wow. So looking at her with the sunset in the background, woo, 
<laughs> Did you happen to be in the area of Rhode Island where Taylor Swift's house is? I didn't know she had, well, she probably has homes everywhere, but um, it's in Watch Hill. Um, It's public knowledge. It's a beautiful area of Rhode Island and it's actually right on a public beach. So people kind of like sunbathe right in front of her house. (laughs) There's there's the security guards, but my favorite part about it is there's a sign out outside that says, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Oh, that's hilarious. That's (laughs) Yeah. So that's the no trespassing sign. My daughter, Karis, would have loved. She, I'll, I'll share that with her because she, you know, she loves Taylor Swift. Yeah, we're yeah, some T Swift fans. Um, and last but not least, um, a gathering you attended that made you feel a strong sense of belonging. And if you could pinpoint it, what it was that made you feel that way? Mm. So yeah, this is really interesting. But you know, Walker started this thing called McCreary Monday, and. It was, it's, it's at a little Irish pub in downtown Franklin and he started it years and years ago. And, uh, you know, we, they, the text chain still goes around. And so I got to go hang with those guys that it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes it's once a month, but, you know, definitely sitting with them and catching up with everybody. Um, you know, you just feel a strong sense of, of belonging. I love that place. It's got, it's really interesting because uh, along the ceiling, it says Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in my front, Christ in my left, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. And, and there's something about that atmosphere. That's just so super cool to me. Um, and everybody comes and they're all different professions. They've all, you know, they all do different things. Everybody just connects uh, wow. at the table. And uh, yeah, that was, that was just, um, you know, a few days ago. And, and I, I thought, oh man, I love this. Wow. 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 What a gift. Well, I am going to link the book in the show notes, but where else can people follow? Um, so my socials are at Craig Allen Cooper, which is uh, A-L-L-E-N crazy enough, but there's a million Craig Coopers. So I, I oh, wow. threw in Craig, <laughs> Craig Allen Cooper. Um, so you can find me pretty much anywhere on socials uh, under that handle. And then Walker and I have a website. It's called walkerandcraig.com. And it's got information on the book and, you know, just different um, contacts and stuff. And then I've got a website, uh, craigallencooper.com. So any of those will get you, get you to me, but I'm happy to connect. Right. I'll link all of them. Well, thank you so much for just, again, going first and being vulnerable and sharing and, um, for all the, just the story and leading the way through this book. We appreciate it. Thanks, Katie. Of course, it's been a joy. Well, thank you so much, guys. We will see you next week.